Welcome in Rose City to the Soccer Made in Portland podcast. I'm Ryan Clark, joined today in Indio, California. I guess we're in Palm Springs right now uh, by Gio Savarese. Um, Gio, thank you for coming on the podcast. My pleasure to be with you here. Running through a season preview really here with Gio, uh, getting to know this Timbers team, its identity, uh, trying to map out what the season might look like. And there's there's no real predicting in, in soccer, as we know. Um, but big season in terms of importance, in terms of the number of games for the Timbers. Um, what is the general feeling that you get from this group, I guess, as, as preseason comes to nearly an end? Yeah, every every year when you start preseason, uh, you, you try to get a feeling of, how the guys are coming back, what is the energy, you know, the mentality, how they, you know, the return from the vacation. Um, as I mentioned before many times, this is the longest time that being away from us. Uh, so it was interesting, you know, to see how they were coming back. Um, we have a lot of the same roster. Um, we haven't made too many changes. Um, with the difference, you know, in the addition of Evander, which is a big addition. Um, so the guys that have been here, I feel that have come with a little bit more of, uh, a, a energy, like a higher, more like they, 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 with more desire to want to, to, you know, to start preseason. Um, and, uh, and there's a, like a little different feeling, uh, in, in regards to the guys and, and they, they look hungry. They look like they want to, they want to, uh, work hard and, you know, and, uh, and have a very good preseason. Then uh, we have Evander, which uh, he's uh, every play, every practice uh, he continues to show more and more. He's uh, gotten all of us excited about uh, some of the things that you know we have seen and, and what he's capable of doing. So I do believe that he's going to be uh, a very important component of of what we're going to do this this season. And as I mentioned before, we're still. Are looking to have maybe one or two other players, uh, and, and with that, then uh, we will be waiting for other players like Mora, like Seba. Uh, at the moment, Bravo, Ayala, um, in order for them to to return to, uh, to full capacity. Hopefully, um, Mora is going to be able to do. It seems that he's doing really well. Seba is on the right track as well. So I think for now we've been very excited about you know looking at the guys and and uh, preparing very well for, for the game that we have this winter. And players have talked about this as well, the idea of, of the volume of games this season being something that is going to be a challenge for them, but it will also provide an opportunity for young players to to become ingratiated with this team and, and get more opportunity. Um, what are your thoughts on that? First, it's, it's a lot of games uh, for the players. Uh, so we know that we have the League's Cup, uh, now in every game that you that you win and you're able to continue, uh, you continue to play more matches. We know that in the playoff there's going to be more games. We know that we're going to participate in the U.S. Open Cup. Hopefully we can go far. We want to be competitive in in, in every uh, competition that we have to be part of. We want to you know lift trophies. We want to qualify to important things like the Conca Champions, the, to the FIFA World you know uh, Club uh, World Cup. Um, and um, we, we're looking forward to, to having a very, very big season. Um, 
the good thing, I think that we always have tried to have a little depth. Uh, we always have wanted to have extra players that can come in in those moments uh, of difficulty, in those moments of, you know, when you need uh, a roster that can play many matches. And I think we've done a good job to be able to have a little bit of a deeper roster. So I think this is exciting for everyone uh, in, on the team because everybody's going to get uh, quality minutes to be able to play. And, and I think as long as everybody's with the right mindset, I think we can do very well. And who has stood out to you in terms of you know, younger players, up-and-coming players that have really shown some development uh, this preseason that um, that you have seen so far? I mean... To be honest, I know the guys very well, and uh, they have been here for a while. So we know, we know, in the back, you know what what uh, Twiloma, what uh, you know Mosquera is capable of doing. We have Bravo. We have now, you know, players like Rasmussen uh, that they they they're developing, they're growing. Um, Bonilla looks a little different this year with with a bigger desire to prove, you know, that that uh, that he belongs and. And uh, you know, in that desire to compete, and on the middle, we we know what Chad is capable. You know, we know what Paredes, Eric has come in. You know, with a great desire to be able to do good things. Uh, he's been working hard, um, and uh, and then uh, we see Loria, we see all the players as well, and a little high up on the field, trying to provide. You know. Uh, a lot to the team and, and make it you know difficult for me to make choices and decisions, which is what a coach wants. We, we saw Nathan also pushing Nia's goal as well. Uh, so I'm excited. Uh, also for some of the guys like Gutierrez, uh, that now uh, they are on uh, their second year. And now for sure they can uh, they can show more and they can be more competitive. And, and that's what we have seen so far, besides the fact that Evander, uh, I think he's still going to show us, you know, a lot more, you know, of his magic. And we're calling, you know, the things that he does magic because those moments are, are very special for what we have seen so far. The schedule obviously will be grueling. Um, you know, in terms of planning that as a coach, trying to map out when different younger guys from T2, from, um, you know, maybe the bench um, get their opportunities um, is that an added layer of you know difficulty for somebody in, in your position for your staff? You mean in regards to having now a, a T two, uh, the schedule that we have that is so congested? Um, if that's why you're asking, yeah, uh, I, I think I think having the congested uh, season um, in some way, I think for the amount of games that we have to play, I think it's not congested in the fact that I think it space out well because we play a lot of the games at the beginning, Saturday and Saturday, and we play at the same time, which makes it a little bit more steady, and we like that. Uh, but I do think that the addition of T2, uh, some of the things that we're doing with the academy, I think are helping. Uh, as you can see, we have here Pelayo from the academy is doing very, very well. We had uh, Ian Schold, uh, you know, coming with us um, uh, to Phoenix. Uh, we had other ac academy players as well. We've been training with uh, extra academy guys uh, in our facility to give the opportunity to those that are doing well, uh, stay competitive and continue to grow. Um, in, in, and even sometimes uh, keeping them with us on the first team, not sending them to play their games and having all the players being able to fill in those parts the way there's growth and, and development. The T2 is building up 
uh, this year better than last year. Um, I think being the first year last year, there was a lot of things that uh, the club recognized that uh, need, needed to, to be better. Um, and I think this year, the players that I've seen, the draft players, uh, some other players that have been signed, uh, I think are, are not only going to provide something good to T2, I think are also going to be uh, you know, a choice for us uh, in the first team sometimes to allow them to come in, to participate in practice, continue to develop. And who knows, maybe some of those players uh, might end up signing with, with the first team as well. And that's the idea, because I do think that now this path is a little bit more set and, and things are looking you know, a lot better. And redemption is something I've heard from a lot of the guys talking to them uh, at training the last few weeks, um, missing the playoffs last year and, and showing why this team is one of the best teams in the West and in MLS. Um, is that something that you're kind of preaching to the guys as well, or is that just they've kind of built that mindset on their own? I'm extremely proud, first, of the fact that uh, we've been, I think, one of the most consistent teams in Major League Soccer until last year. I think uh, we have shown uh, to be a difficult team to play against. Uh, we have shown that we have quality, that we're going to put a fight all the way through. And, and always, uh, before last year, we were a team that made it to the playoff. And once we made it to the playoff, then nobody wanted to play against us. So the credit to the players. Uh, and everyone involved uh, that have done a very good job to, to stay competitive. Um, but we always been looking for the MLS Cup. Uh, we had gotten there twice, so we were not happy about the situation um, because we want to leave the Cup. So we don't want just to be in the final, we want to win the game. So we work always with that mentality to make it there. The fact that last year we didn't make playoff, uh, first in, in my career, never not make the playoffs, so it, it was very difficult difficult to digest that. I, I don't think that was good enough from the standpoint of the players and, and, and everyone involved. Uh, and we all know that uh, uh, this year has to be much better than last year because even though we had good moments like last year and that we picked it up uh, towards the end, we won we didn't lose for 10 matches and, and towards the end we you know kept ourselves competitive and, and to the last game we could have made the playoff it wasn't good enough um because it's, we have to make playoff as the minimum thing for us uh in the fact that we didn't you know brings everybody now to this year with the thought of we need to be a lot better and we have to try to be steady it is something that i have mentioned before we we have we have to try to find a way to be more steady through the entire season. Yes, with you know picking at the last uh, at the last moment of the season towards the end, getting into the playoff with momentum is is essential and very important. But we we love to go a little bit more you know uh, steady through the, the entire season. That way we can feel early you know, on uh, that uh, we find a path to to qualify and then hopefully be a better seed to play more games at home and then hopefully. Uh, make it all the way and that that's the desire uh so even though as i said before that we have a lot of the players similar players that have been here for years i think that there's a different uh mindset this year there's a little different energy uh from all of them and in the one redemption as you as you said from what happened last year and i think uh we want to make our you know our our, uh, our fans very proud um and and with that said also 
we expect them to to bring the A game as well and, and together try to have a, a very, very good season. One of the major storylines of last season was obviously the off-field concerns that the club dealt with. Um, do you think that had an effect on the players and how have they gotten through that now and tried to possibly turn the page into this next year? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a difficult time. Um, you know, there was a lot, a lot, you know, that was going on and, uh, and difficult things to, to hear and to see. And, and, uh, it, it was tough. It's just everywhere, uh, that we went, it, it was just a, a difficult time, but I still think that we, we need to be strong. We need to be strong. We need to, we cannot, uh, as difficult as, as that time was, uh, we, we cannot put on that that we did not qualify. You know, we have to, we, we need to I, I am a firm believer that we always have to do our job, no matter how difficult sometimes is, no matter, you know, what the obstacles are going to be, no matter sometimes, you know, how uh, the situation is to be able to make it there. I think we have to always find a way to fight through it. Uh, but then when you, when you think and in everything that you know was going on at that time, um, it, it wasn't an, an easy situation, and, and maybe you know it, it did pay a little bit on on some of the, the players. Uh, but um, we hope that this year is going to be more focused, that we can stay more into every game, trying to be you know consistent, and and, and try to you know get willing have uh, just a, an amazing atmosphere at Providence Park. Uh, that uh, that atmosphere that I know, you know, everyone, not only myself, but that is very, very special. And there has been a, a gap in a lot of ways between the fans and, and the team because of some of those issues. And, and you know, they make up that, that atmosphere that you talked about. I'm, I'm wondering um, how you plan to, to try and, I guess, help bridge that gap to, to communicate with fans who many of them have in some ways lost faith in the club just because of these, these off-field concerns. I always believe that the first thing uh, that you need to do is to do your job. You need to do your job. I need to do my job. The players need to do their job. And we need to work very hard to make sure that we represent uh, the, the club in the right way. First, from the doing the things that we're supposed to do in our job. Second, is uh, to make sure that, uh, that our fans can, be, can feel proud of, of, of uh, our club, uh, that everybody's respectful, uh, that everybody, you know, uh, has uh, good ethics. And that's what we work every day. We work every day. Every day, every day you will see, and you, you, you've been in practice, you've seen, you know, everybody comes, everybody says good morning. You know, just the, the basic things for me are very important. Um, making sure that, you know, when guys are eating that is you know um when when provecho buon appetito that you know that that there's those things that these people saying thank you um and i think where that's where it starts you know and that that, that you are um happy and and you recognize that you're fortunate uh, to be in, in this business to do this job and 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 you have have to stay humble um so i think we start from there and 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 i think that you know if we do our job and we work very hard uh, i think we'll make our our fans proud and 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 i'm sure that you know because i know that they love the club uh, they, they 
they're going to support us. And, uh, and, and with all that, hopefully, there's going to be a lot of winning, hopefully. Uh, and I think that will make them even more proud. Even though I know that it's not the only thing that they care about, they, but we will fight you know, to, to, to make them proud in, in, in every way. And one of the the major changes, obviously, with with the team is uh, at general manager Ned Grabovoy, somebody who you're obviously in close communication with about everything from roster moves to everything else involving this team. Um, what has it been like working with him? Uh, he's a guy that you know is a former MLS player himself. Yeah, I mean, um, Ned has been around with us for for a while. I mean, when I arrived, he was already part of the club. So he knows, he knows the club, he knows uh, his surrounding, he's been, you know, involved with, uh, you know, when, when Gavin was uh, in, in in getting uh, the players and, and working on the scouting and, and learning the, the, the way MLS works because not everybody can work uh, and in, 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 in understand very quickly all the rules in MLS. So the fact that he's been a while uh, in it uh, makes it easier for him to adapt and, and, and and to be able to move forward, um, I think he's capable. I think he's uh, he's jumped right away and, and have you know provided and, and, and shown everyone that uh, you know that uh, he will sacrifice uh, hours to make sure that he gets everything on the right direction. And I think he, he learned a lot of good, good things with the people that he was surrounded with. And uh, and I think there's no doubt for me that uh, you know he, he's going to develop uh, a lot in, into that position. During this time in in California, the the opportunity to, you know, refocus and can continue the work in preseason is one thing, but you also have an opportunity to relax and you know enjoy the weather. Um, what have you been up to while you've been down here? I mean, it, it is beautiful here. It's uh, a wonderful place. Uh, the weather is phenomenal. The the, the, the facility that where we train is uh, excellent. Um, I think this is going to be a place, and you see it already. I think that there's about eight teams here at the moment, um, and you don't even know where they are because uh, the complex is so big, and we have you know so much space that uh, you know nobody's on top of each other, which which I like. Um, also here where we are staying in, in the hotel, um, everything seems spacious. Uh, there's a lot of you know, so you don't you don't see teams at San Jose is, is in the same hotel. We haven't seen them, maybe one day. That's it. So I think it's uh, it's organized well. So I'm, I'm I've been very happy with what I've seen here. We have uh, everything that we need, and and I think it's going to be a, a destination you know for for years to come. Uh, so I know the LA Galaxy uh, purchased the facility, and, and and I'm sure that uh, they're going to make good use uh, to it. Yeah, it's definitely having been out there today. A lot of space out there, uh, opportunities to do more in training. I think than even you guys are able to do at home. And obviously, the facilities that you guys have in Beaverton, excellent. You know, and you would never disparage those. But you know, it's it's that level of space and the change in weather and everything. It seems to be like a boost for the guys when you know the grind of the season is about to happen. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's important to be in a place like this. Um, I'm a firm believer that uh, you know through these years we, we have learned well what what our players you know need and want. Um, and I think you know coming here these two weeks, being able to have this week first to prepare to to continue to do some work because we still have to uh, 
you know, grow in some areas. We still have to make sure that uh, we do the work to, you know, to continue to understand exactly, you know, what we want from the guys. So the work has been done very well. I think the fitness has been very good. I think that the ideas of what we want to do are getting closer and closer to, you know, to where we want to be. Uh, and now next week, starting from this Sunday, we will start our games. Um, and I think that's the other part, you know, to make sure that we get now uh, some some matches, uh, some experience, some minutes um, that we get to see some some other things that you know are working, some other things that we need to get better. You know, finding always that balance uh, defensively and offensively that is going to make us a competitive team. And I think it's it's been perfect uh, that week in Phoenix and breaking down, you know, and going back and forth, back and forth to Portland. I think it's been very good. Um, and uh, all around, I think that this preseason uh, has been very enjoyable. There are players who you know get talked about a lot in terms of their contributions to the team this season. You've got Evander at the top of the list. Everybody's very excited mm-hmm. about him. Um, people have been critical in some ways of, of you know the forward spot with Niasgoda and, and then you know not having the health there that you guys might like. And then the back line had its challenges last year as well. Mm-hmm. But one name that comes to mind for me that I don't think a lot of people are talking about, but they should be, is Santiago Moreno, somebody who coming into this season after the step he took last year has a chance to be a legitimate star in MLS. I'm I'm wondering what you have seen from him in terms of his growth as a player. Santi uh, shows last year consistency. He showed us that... um, that he's capable of going to, to play in Europe. I believe that uh, uh, that will be his path. Um, and uh, I think if he does this year what we think that he's capable, um, I, I really think that uh, he's going to continue to grow. Um, he's exciting. He's talented. He's humble. And he's smart. And uh, is a player that adapts also to different positions. He's played uh, as a wing back when we play with three. He played uh, as an eight. He played as a winger, um, and and I think that makes him, uh, you know, that adaptability makes him be a, an extremely important player. That uh, with the people that I've spoken in Europe, uh, he's a in- very interesting player. I think uh, we have done we have gone in a, in a very interesting direction to, to have a, a lot of youth um, that is playing Mosquera, Santi, Bravo, Ayala now you know is, is the one that is gonna probably at some point get more minutes. but I, I, I do believe we have gotten younger. We have got it uh, you know uh, in the direction that that I think these young players and, and I will say Santiago was one of the front runners. Uh, there's a lot of people talking in Europe uh, about you know uh, these these players and and I'm excited for them and but they still need to prove you know that they they're growing more and more and this season is going to be a very important season for all those players but especially for Santiago and you know those areas of of improvement that you've talked about that uh, you know Ned has talked about bringing back the same group on the back line um, what kind of adjustments I guess need to be made. Uh, on the part of that group, uh, whether it's from your end or from their end, to improve on what, you know, in 
some ways was kind of a difficult stretch down the season last year defensively. Yeah, so I think, you know, with, with what I mentioned before in regards to the fact that I think we've been one of the most consistent teams uh, in, in MLS for the past few years, uh, I also recognize that we've done some things very well and some other things we have to be better. On the front, we've been always one of the top three, four, five, you know, goal-scoring teams. We score a lot of goals. It's because of the way we play. It's because of the players that we have. And we've done extremely well. And hopefully we can continue in that direction. Uh, even though last year we missed, I think, the competition for Nieskoda uh, on the center forward position. I think uh, Mora not being part of the season, I think, it, 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 you know, it was difficult. But we still find a way to stay, you know, as one of the, the teams that scored the, the most goal. But when you go to the other side, I think we have conceded too many goals and we need to be better. We need to improve in that area. We need to be a team that uh, sees uh, the end of the season with less goals. Um, and, uh, and and that's one of the main focus of, of this season. You know, we're going into the season with the hope that we can be uh, a better team defensively. And, and it's not a lot of the times we have this, I think, mistake uh, of you know, blaming only those that are called defenders. Uh, but a, a defensive, you know, uh, situation or a team, when it's not doing well, it's not about only the defenders, it's about of the whole team. So the whole team needs to improve in helping everyone be better defensively. And that's one, one area that we, we have focused uh, in, in other areas as well is uh, even though we scored a lot of goals in, in all these years, we, we still feel, and I personally feel that, we need to be better um, in in recognizing some moments and and uh, you know not overdo some things. We we need to sometimes you know shoot a little bit quicker to the ball. We have to cross the ball a little bit quicker. We have to make sure that we maybe sometimes have more players coming into the box. So these are the areas that you know we want to improve as well. So we always put you know what we do very well. What are the areas to improve? And we want to start this season with definitely improving in those areas that, that need to be better. Has there been any thought to, you know, tactical changes and any type of, you know, pos positional changes for guys, you know, maybe moving somebody back next to Diego Chara or any any here or there or other type of things that, that you've put any thought into, I guess, in the offseason? No, because uh, first of all, we have a lot of the same players. And, and, and we know what they're capable. We know they understand the way we play. Um, and uh, there's not that much change that you you say you you know you can do. Um, yes, we want to tweak some things. We're looking at you know how can we be stronger, how we can be better, and we try to just modify some things. Always look into the balance defensively and offensively. Um, and with that, you know, we try to work with a with a group and, and develop those in in those positions that that we know. Um, like Rasmus and like Gutierrez, like these type of players, the way they can give us something more this season. But if there's been one thing that, you know, that everybody knows, uh, I've been very adaptable. Uh, you know, and, and the players have been very good to, to have, you know, uh, to be very flexible in, in, in adapting to different systems. We finished last season with three in the back, we have played uh, in 2018, you know, with uh, the Christmas tree. We have played, uh, you know, in so many ways. Maybe uh, 
the diamond is is one of the the, the ones that we haven't used as much, even though we have um, in in some games. We, we're a team that can play in so many different ways, uh, and, and and that's what I'm proud of the players. Uh, I don't think that we're one dimension. I think that yeah, we want we have our identity, we have a way of playing. But if you go and and, and research about our team in in all these years. Uh, you'll find that we played, we have played many games in sometimes in, in in different ways to make sure that we find the balance at the right time, and in uh, and, and, and always trying to put the team um, in a situation that is the strongest. Uh, but but we know what we are and we know our identity, and, and we'll start this year with the four two three one that has been basically the the system that we have used the most. And part of why people are so excited about Evander is that he can be sort of that connecting force for a lot of those, you know, forward players like Nias Gota, like Jimmy Chara, who they might have had a rough year last year, but there's potential with a connecting player like that added to the mix for them to see some level of improvement to make life easier for guys like that. Do you see that as something that can potentially develop this year? No, I, I know that uh, being long in, in, in this game, you, you know that when you bring a player, uh, the other players need to see something in that player that is going to help the team. And, and then they evaluate what they see and, and understand how is that player going to contribute and how is going to be our role to support that player do well. I think, you know, uh, what we have seen already from Evander uh, is that he has these moments of magic that he has these, you know, moments that he can just bring something completely different than anybody else, and uh, and players are excited. Players are looking at him as, you know, sometimes I need to run for him, even though uh, the good thing is that you know he's shown shown also good work ethic. Uh, that he's one that is going to go press, is one that is going to go and move, and is going to be constant, and and uh, so I think the players are excited to have uh, the addition of Evander and and we all are looking right now to see how everything is going to put together because everybody's getting to know each other like you know Chara, Eric, Evander, Paredes they're all trying to look at each other and, and understand the way everything works the right way with uh, you know the foundation that that we give them with information but also we want them to have sometimes the freedom to be able to be at their best and be able to express themselves at the best and that you know connection we see day by day getting better and better and better. So I'm excited for that, and, and I'm I'm sure that the players are also ready to to want to play a, a very important role, and to make sure that they let all the players like Evander you know shine, and uh, and he's putting the, the work as well to to start the season the right way. And I've asked every podcast guest for the last couple of weeks whether it was Heather Davis or. Ned Grabavoy or, or Mike Norris, um, if they've been to any restaurants in Portland lately that they've enjoyed, any any coffee shops, any places that they <laughs> have loved, maybe a new experience, um, what stands out in your mind over the last few weeks as, as you've kind of been in this, you know, focused mode with uh, with the season approaching? Oh, that's a very interesting one because you know I'm a foodie. Uh, I love I love restaurants. I love food. At, you know, in New York, uh, we know so many places. And Portland is a is a foodie town. 
So we have our places that we go uh, that, you know, we we enjoy going to eat in those places um, from Lebanese to Peruvian. Uh, you know, unfortunately, one of the, the ones that I love Spanish, you know, uh, ended up leaving, you know, and, and it's no longer important. I used to love also that place. But I have to say, uh, recently I went to a place called Janken, uh, which is uh, a Japanese, Korean, you know, mixed, but nice environment, you know, good food. And, and it was pretty good. Uh, we enjoyed our time there, uh, but we always try different things, you know. There's another place called Al Hawar, that is a Lebanese place, and we, we really like it a lot. Uh, and then you know you have those a little more fancy places and a little bit more of like a home style, you know, places. And we 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 like to go around and, and go to different places to try. And, and once we find those good places, you know, we try to stay a little bit consistent uh, with the family. Yeah, and Jankin is one that I had seen. Um, you know, Damian Lillard came out and said that he loved that place. There have been other Blazer guys that have followed him there, and um, that's one that's on my list. So I really want to get out there uh, whenever I can. Have you been to to Khan yet? The, the Haitian inspired, uh, wood fired kind of barbecue place? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, that's maybe one of the one next. Uh, you know, in the list. Uh, we're trying to figure out. You know, how to be able to hit the majority of them. So probably that that will be the next one to to visit. Yeah, this is a pro con podcast. So we we very uh, <laughs> myself and Chris Reifer, who normally co-hosts with me, um, both have been there once and and next level. So we we will continue to advocate for uh, for con on this podcast. Uh, any parting thoughts? I guess Geo um, for fans to to hear uh, as this season is about to get underway. No, the, the only thing that I have to say is that uh, I'm excited. The players are excited. We all uh, love this club. We we want to give everything that we have, you know, in our capacity to to make our fans proud. And and uh, and when Providence Park is is at their best, when our fans are, you know, supporting the team to their best, uh, there's no better place. And 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 everybody that comes into Portland, you know, they know that it's going to be a difficult day. So uh, we're going to work very hard to, to make sure that, they, that we can make them proud. We're going to work very hard to, you know, make a, a very competitive season with our targets, you know, one, two, three, four, and, and, you know, keep on accumulating what we want to achieve. We want to be competitive in everything that we're going to be part of. Uh, we want to continue to grow as a club in, in developing, you know, young players in, in exporting players that come in. Uh, so we're in the process and, and I believe that, that uh, you know, we, we're going to make the defense proud this year. Thanks to Gio Savarese for taking the time. We'll be right back here on Soccer Made in Portland. Welcome back to Soccer Made in Portland. Thanks again to Giovanni Savarese for taking the time to chat with me down in Palm Springs. Um, was a fun time down there, Chris, to, to enjoy the Palm Springs weather and uh, you know hit the casinos in Indio, uh, get some good Mexican food and a, a whole bunch of other stuff. 
did come back with something I didn't enjoy, though, and that is the novel coronavirus, also known as COVID-19. Which, uh, which is like no longer super novel. No, it's not. I just think it's funny to refer to it as the novel coronavirus. Just l- add some length to the name of the thing that everybody's been thinking about constantly for the last three years. But I, I had never gotten it until now, so I'm currently wow. recording this podcast infected with COVID, uh, re- recovering as fast as I can before a vacation that starts this weekend. Uh, so fingers crossed for me, but otherwise had a good time in Palm Springs. Great. Well, uh, you know, welcome to the club with, uh, with, with COVID you're, you're like one of the few holdouts. So you've sort of been like, you've been like an outlaw basically on the run, um, and, and finally got brought in. So, uh, so, uh, you know, welcome to the club. Um, and I'm sorry you're not feeling well. Hope you recover quickly before you head out uh, on on your vacation. Um, uh, as, as you as, as you do that, uh, yeah. And also, congratulations on getting to watch soccer. Uh, that is something that uh, MLS fans across the country have not been able to do uh, no, so far in, in preseason. So, congratulations on actually getting to watch uh, a game. Uh, uh, what were your impressions from that game? Let's just start right out. You you got to see the Timbers play actual soccer, where there were two goals, and you know. Uh, a field and stuff and, and presumably one ball. Um, so what were your impressions? You know, obviously you shouldn't take too much away from like a single preseason match with a mixed group of players on both sides, but, but it's all we have. So we're going to take everything away, but it's literally the only (laughs) thing we have to glean other than little training exercises. So, um, I was genuinely impressed. I, I think that the Timbers played more direct than we saw last season. I think that they, put players in positions where they're more likely to be successful. I think one in particular that I noticed had a much easier time was Jimmy Chara uh, because he he was in more of a wide role as, as kind of a, a winger on the left side uh, versus in the middle of the field, he'd get caught up. Sometimes he was more of an attacking midfielder um, and in some ways struggled last season after a really strong start with a couple of bikes. Right. And, he he played very well. He he was a, a threat constantly to LA Galaxy's back line, which let's get this out of the way at the start. The Galaxy's back line played miserably. From from it, basically the TikTok videos we saw, looked like an absolute dumpster fire uh, it was a, from it, the Galaxy back line. Yeah, it was a comedy of errors from them. And and the the first goal which was scored by Evander in the first half was was literally just a Raheem uh, Edwards selfie. Yeah, a ridiculous, ridiculous turnover in their their end that uh, that Evander just took full advantage of. His second goal, actually, that came against Toronto in the second preseason game, pretty similar scenario where (laughs) a a dude just like kicked it off his own teammate and it landed like precisely in front of Evander's feet, uh, and and he just putzed it in. It was easy, Um, but you know. The difference with Evander is evident, I think, from the the start as well. Um, he's a guy who, when he's out there, is a legitimate, constant scoring threat. Something that the Timbers did not have last season, and he's all he's also an incredible playmaker. He's somebody that um, you'd be hard pressed to to f- see him make an inaccurate pass or not have the vision to make that type of play. He's still rounding into form, still rounding into shape, and. His effort level will be higher. Uh, that's not to say he didn't have a high effort level in the time that he did play, but you know it's still preseason. I, I 
don't think you could say that anybody on the field for either team was putting in their their full regular season or playoff effort uh, this early on. They don't want to you know overexert themselves. But but I was very impressed by him and, you know, others, including Eric Williamson, who was excellent in connecting play, had two assists in that game uh, against the Galaxy um, back line bent, but did not break. Now that back line, as we will talk about soon, is going to be missing one of its uh, key components uh, for the remainder of the season, not due to injury, but due to a trade. Um but, you know, wrapping up that game, I, I think Bingham was was good in, in goal. Um, you can expect Ivicic, obviously, to start in that spot throughout the season. But nice to see David make some great saves. Uh, Juan Mosquera, another standout from that game who uh, showcased his speed and, and had a really pretty finesse finish on his goal um, that, that you mentioned seeing it on video was really impressive. Yeah, best the, goal I've seen from a from a timber so far. Best finish. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, 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 it that was a tidy, tidy little finish at the at the far post, co- sort of cutting against the grain. Uh, that I think is not the kind of fin- finish that, frankly, you see from right backs very often. Uh, and so that's that's a, a an interesting one based on you know the Instagram reels. Yeah, it is interesting. I, I think that the potential for that right side uh, with with him and his pal Santiago Moreno, who's now getting or got, I should say, in past tense, his green card and is with the team in Palm Springs now after not training for a while. Um, him and Moreno on that right side, that is like genuinely exciting. The, those are two guys that are fast. They they are skilled and they know how to play together. And and you watch uh, Mosquera in particular, he runs like a deer. I mean, that guy really long strides like way. To- yeah, like a deer. Do deer like, have long strides? <clears throat> I mean, they've got long legs. So like, you know, in my head, I imagine them prancing gleefully through a field. I mean, look, I, I think if you're going to go sort of in this genus, you got to you got to like talk about gazelles or something like that, right? Okay, yeah, maybe uh, a deer gazelle themselves. Would be yeah, like a, a white-tailed deer, I, they can move, or like a pronghorn, they can definitely move. But like, you know, nobody, uh, no, no, nobody's like, like spotting a deer on the side of the road and being like, that real, re- real, you know, fleet of foot there. No, yeah, they're just kind of skittish. Yeah, it, yeah I guess it. that phrase has been been worn out a bit. Um, so maybe running like a gazelle would be a better um, and more apt comparison for for Mister Mosquera, who that's um, what I always aspired to in my running career, and and certainly never you know reached those heights. So, <laughs> but you know, plenty to be excited about. I think from that game, you don't you don't want to take away too much. Um, there are little things that Gio is going to want the guys to clean up leading up to the opener. I don't think you can really even say who this team is until they get a few guys that are important back as well. I mean, you, you think about um, the different positions that there are injuries, and we'll talk about this more, uh, but not having Claudio Bravo likely for the opener is big. Uh, Felipe Mora till the middle of the season makes the striker position thinner after a not so great season last year. Although, you know, to, to keep rattling through the guys I was impressed with in the galaxy game, Nish Goda was one of them. He had a nice assist and he scored a goal and, and he was active. He seemed very much to benefit from the presence of a guy like Evander, who it seemed to open the game up for him and Eric opened the game up for him too. So it was, it was good. Really good game game for them down there. 
All right. That's helpful. We will take your word for it because we have no other choice. Uh, and, uh, so, and, and so rather than spending my time dunking on the shambolical LA galaxy back line, I'm going to spend my t- time dunking on, uh, a, a, a similar mistake or, or a mistake of similar quantity, uh, from MLS. And that is not having any streams of any preseason games this year. There have been hints, although nobody's really said this explicitly that it's tied up in the Apple TV deal. Um, uh, and I, and it's been sort of a long standing back and forth, I think, between fans and MLS clubs about streaming preseason games. But in general, most have been streamed in the end, uh, or at least most preseasons have had some games streamed in the end. Uh, not having any, uh, whether it's something that sort of just is is caught in the transition to the Apple TV setup or, or uh, whatever it is, uh, that is an LA Galaxy level backline flub. Uh, and that is just a missed opportunity for MLS. It's a disservice to MLS fans, uh, a league that I think at times has has fairly been uh, accused of being so in love with the fans that it doesn't have that it forgets about the fans that it does have. Uh, and uh, I think that's exactly what's going on here. Uh, whether it was a matter of, of getting this, uh, not getting it s- sort of squared away with Apple in time or what, uh, or being dismissive of the numbers that they get on their preseason streams. Uh, it's nonetheless a huge missed opportunity uh, to connect with the fans that care most about the game already. And if you're not ca- connecting with the fans who care most about the clubs and the league now, how in the world are you going to convince people to pay $99 a year or $79 a year to sign up for Apple TV to get the streaming service going forward? How are you going to attract new folks? Uh, if your current folks aren't engaged and aren't interested. And so uh, do better, do a lot better. This is not a good start. Uh, You know, in many ways, this Apple TV deal is putting a lot more onus on MLS itself to do, to drive a lot of the content. Apple TV is, is Apple is really providing the platform and the platform looks beautiful. I sort of poked around in it uh, a week ago or so, and and it looks great. Uh, it, It is, it's the full Apple TV experience. Uh, and, and so that's awesome. So, you know, MLS now has that to its avail, but it needs to deliver and here in, you know, a relatively low stakes, but I think not trivial moment, uh, it gets an F didn't turn in its homework even. Uh, and that's not good. Yeah. I would hope that they, they genuinely like put an effort into getting those type of preseason games and tournaments streamed in the future. Um, I, I would hope this is the last F on, on their little report card for, for that because yeah. the, the resources exist here. This is a fat deal. This are, there's a lot of money involved here and a lot of content that's going to be coming in floods for all of these teams all season. So there's no way that, you know, you, you got to serve the sickos, right? Like you can't, you can't you, just you like, ha- be, how are you going to convince other people to be sickos if you don't serve the sickos you already have? Yeah. It, it, the, the disease, if we're keeping with metaphors that apply to my real <laughs> life situation, uh, of being a, a major league soccer fan does not spread. If you, uh, do, if you continue to, I guess leaving it untreated might not be the best uh, best <laughs> metaphor because you know you, you want to treat if, your you, if you put all your teams in social distancing guess what you're not gonna spread the sicko disease of mls yes there you go so it, in this in this scenario diseases are good 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, if, if you keep everything social distanced in this way, you keep it, you know, hidden. And, and adding to this, I was down there, absolutely beautiful setting for games. Like visually, you know, it benefits your venue. People are like, oh, wow, check this place out. This is where they've got uh, Coachella or whatever. <laughs> like it's 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 a beautiful place and it would have it would have looked good on camera. There was a ton of fans there, too. You know, a lot of them were Galaxy fans, obviously, sure. two hour drive from L.A. But there's a ton of Timbers fans there, too. I was chatting with a lot of them. They, they either came from L.A. They live in Palm Springs. Uh, they they flew down a couple of them from Portland to check it out. Um, there was fans there, and so that that means there would have been a, an appetite for for eyeballs uh, for for video. In this era, I think it's going to be more important than ever that MLS be sort of creative and ambitious with the way that it's curating and delivering content to its fans. And this, I mean, preseason almost seems like the best opportunity that they can get to just try things out and have fun and not be as buttoned up as they ordinarily would. And, uh, and, and, and sort of, you know, <laughs> just kind of take ideas and, and, and roll with it and see how it goes. And some of it may not land, some of it might, and some of it might turn into, uh, into things that they can roll out, uh, in, in a broader way in the regular season. Uh, but I don't get it because I agree with you. I, I mean, the <laughs> sort of like Apple is providing a good platform for MLS to present its content. The Coachella Valley also provides <laughs> like, I mean, it, it doesn't take a lot of creativity to imagine how you could create some pretty fun content uh, around focused around this preseason sort of tournament the, the, that's going on down there. So where is it? And it, it's just absent. It's just totally absent. Yeah. And for a lot of fans, then, you know, February 25th or whenever the opener is, I don't even remember. I do a podcast on this stinking team and I, I don't even remember when it is. Nine days. 25th, out. 25th, 25th. All right. I guess I did remember. Um, but this is just going to show up like out of nowhere, like, Oh, here it is. And that's not a good dynamic. Uh, if you're, if you're MLS, it's not a good dynamic. If you're the Timbers, especially given some of the other headwinds that they're facing. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm sort of just left in the lurch. It, it really just feels like they didn't even hand in their homework, uh, on what should have been a simple and fairly fun assignment. They, they didn't even hand it in. So in terms of, uh, MLS, uh, you know, doing the job to create preseason buzz heading into the first season of this Apple TV deal. Big, get out the big red pen, F, circle, hand it back to them. That's what they get. Uh, and and unfortunately, we have a lot of people who, now who are left with not having seen the team at all uh, heading into the opener. Interested to hear your grade teacher for the uh for the move that i'm about to discuss which uh i had the opportunity to break this news a few minutes ago before we are recording this podcast which is on thursday morning uh and that is that the portland timbers are trading bill to Loma, a center back to the charlotte fc club for eight hundred thousand dollars in gam and a hundred thousand uh, based on incentives, the so, Charlotte Football Club club is that what you? Look, man, I, if you want me to redo it, <laughs> and now I'm just like picking on you. My my <laughs> like my poor brain. guy's got COVID, and poor guy's got COVID, and I'm like over here just like red pen brigading you. My my brain is not functioning at its peak right now. <laughs> um, but yes, Charlotte FC. 
Club. traded for Bill Tuilama. Uh, 800 G's <laughs> they sent to Portland, 100,000 if he meets certain incentives, which they didn't say what those incentives were, at least not yet. But uh, that, that's a guy who at 27 years old has been a key contributor on the back line for the Timbers for years. Um, a position that a lot of people, ourselves included, thought needed significant improvement in the offseason and now has seen a reduction in the number of contributors. You've got essentially three guys left on the first team roster that can play that position. Dario Zuperich, uh, Larry Smabiala, and Zach McGraw. McGraw is a guy that, from everything I have heard, people in the organization have a lot of belief in. They think that he's a guy that can take a big step this season. Uh, but even with that, it's him and it's two guys that are in the la- latter stages of their careers uh, at that position who one injury and you're down to two, right? So that that, at least according to the people I've spoken to in the organization about this, that is a major priority is, is adding another center back. Now it was something that had in many ways been put aside for a while and, and the focus being primarily on adding another striker. So now those two things, a striker and a center back are the major priority for, for the front office and for Ned Grabovoy uh, going forward. So in terms of my, my grade of this trade, uh, it would be a minus in 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 isolation it would be a minus uh that's a big return for bill tuiloma uh, a guy who who is i think it's fair to say probably a part-time borderline mls starter i think it is fair to say he's got some real attributes um he helped them in some really important ways last year uh but he's also pretty inconsistent and and has every year when he's playing regularly a few games where he costs you points by having a bit of a shocker in defense and so uh, I, I think Bill Tuiloma is a guy that a lot of MLS teams would want to have on their squad. Uh, and I think Tuiloma is a guy who, you know, I, I understand that Charlotte would want, but eight to 900,000 gam for him. That's a deal you make. However, they didn't turn in the homework on time. So that docks him down. That's automatic two two grade deduction because that's just how this works. Uh, so the overall grade gets a C minus. If the Timbers make this deal in December and they've got some runway in which to bring in the reinforcements that they obviously now need to bring in at center back, I think you say this is perfect. Good, really good deal. Really smart. Good way to upgrade the back line defensively uh, while also not, you know, wh- while sort of restocking. Uh, the 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 resources and 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 sort of mitigating the cap hit of having to go out and get a new center back, but they're making it in the middle of February. We're nine days away, as we discussed, from the season opener. And as you pointed out, now the Timbers have three center backs: Zach McGraw, a guy who they think is ready to make a big step and be a regular starter, but hasn't shown that to date. Dario Zuperich, who I think is fair to say is probably an MLS starter, but an upgradable MLS starter who is, is sort of getting toward the latter stages, but I think it's fair to say is probably still in prime uh, with where he's at, but isn't like a, isn't certainly isn't better than an average MLS starter at center back. And, and Laris Mabiala, who has had a really nice overall career with the Timbers, 
but who I think a lot of people, myself included, were looking at last last year and and asking whether the milk has just gone sour and and whether he's not a reliable MLS player anymore at this point in his career. And so you're left here in the middle of February looking at a position that they needed to upgrade this offseason and saying they not only didn't do that, but it's thinner than it was. And that's not good. <laughs> that's that's a real problem. And whether they can make sort of the corresponding move that they now absolutely need to make before the close of the primary transfer window in either very late April or early May, I think is a real question uh, because they've that that's a not a lot of runway. First of all, you're going to be playing games during part of that. Second of all, so it's going to take some time, even if they are able to make a signing, it's going to take some time to integrate them. Uh, and, you know, it, it's totally possible and especially possible given what we've seen from the, the the Timbers front office overall this offseason, which is not a tremendous amount of ability to get deals done and across the line quickly, to put it lightly. Uh, and I think there's real concern about that, that it might be the summer before a move is able to be made here. And can they survive that? We're going to talk about the the season preview at high at a higher level later on, but I, I think that's a, a, a real risk. And so, you know, as, as you're looking back at this offseason, they signed Evander. Great. Uh, that's a, a big move. Uh, but all of the other business that they needed to do, they just haven't been able to get done. And does this subtraction put them in a bad spot because they haven't been able to get that other business done? Yeah, I think it puts them in a pretty tight spot and gives them absolutely no margin of error going into the the season. You know, the reactions obviously from fans are are upset because, you know, Bill is a beloved guy. He was an important guy to this team's success in many ways over the last couple seasons, particularly last year. Uh, in the scoring, but he like department. floated the attack for the first half of the season. Yeah, <laughs> he, was the, he was the Timbers' struggled. leading scorer in like June. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty nuts. And um, you know, in terms of set pieces, obviously, you you mentioned it before. Like Evander can step into that um, that role easily, but you know, there's there's still the hole left behind by Tuiloma's absence anyway, and. You know, it, it's going to take a major step up from Zach McGraw. It's going to take um, a consistent contribution and health from Zuperich and and Mabiala um, to to patchwork that up until the point that you add somebody else. But if you didn't have to before, now you definitely have to add somebody else at that position in order to to bolster. Uh, something that really going into last year uh, geo felt like was one there where they, they had a lot of depth, right. And that they, they felt comfortable in that position. Now, now it's a bit of uncomfortability and um, you know, Claudio Bravo, not being there at the start of the year, uh, your back line being comprised of, of likely, you know, Justin Rasmussen on the left, an interchangeable group of the two of those three center backs, it's and, got, then, I mean, it, it's and then Mascara, be, yeah, it's I mean, you got to be McGraw and uh, and Zuperich, right? Yeah, I would say McGraw and Zuperich for sure. With Mabiala being um, being older and and being more, I guess, better served coming off the bench at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, there's your back line. So so why not get into it then? Why not get into our positional 
positional preview then because you, you move forward. Um, you know, you, starting with that back line, Rasmussen, uh, McGraw, Zuperich, and Mosquera. That, that to me is what with you're going Bravo to, coming back eventually. Yes. With Bravo coming back, uh, who knows when at this timeline point. to be determined timeline TBD, but I will keep my eyeballs and earlobes on that. Um, it's kind of, you bizarre. hear with your earlobes, eardrums. <laughs> this is, this is fun. This is great. I'm having a great time over here. I'm so tired of this, man. I can't, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm having my MJ flu game and this guy's out here just like pointing and laughing at me. <laughs> unbelievable stuff uh <laughs> so defensive midfield eric diego chara that that that's who's gonna i think start this this season with the potential for if you know these these weird vibes that continue to happen between eric williamson and geo savarese uh paredes could step in there but but they had Paredes in more of an attacking role actually in that preseason game that I watched and he scored and he looked good and he was moving quick uh, or more of a central, maybe not an attacking role, but more of a central midfield role. Um, so it could be either of them, but I, I would, I would venture to say Williamson and Chara in the defensive midfield. Then you, you move up further. You've got um, Evander, the obvious one making things go and to, to his left, I'd say Jimmy Chara to his right, Santiago Moreno, uh, and then starting out the season with Nij Gota back up there uh, in that striker spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that those are sort of the the, the selections. Frankly, I mean, as, I think as you assess the back six, it's a team that gave up 53 goals last year, which is below average. Uh, it was below league average last year with Alia Zivicic having a really good season, really, really good season since Ivich had showed up in Portland. What was that? And it's been a while now, 2020, 2019, maybe that was the first year in which he's been consistently healthy. And so I think you probably look at that dynamic overall and have to say, you know, if Ivich either just doesn't sort of match his 2022 output, which is a risk or is just not as healthy as he was in 2022, which is a risk. I don't think you look at that back six and say there's a lot of upside from where they were in 2022. And frankly, I think there's some potential downside there from where they were in the absence of an addition, which they haven't yet made and don't seem to be on the cusp of making. So that is, I mean, that, that for me is, is the flashing red light for this, this Timbers team in, in 2023. Uh, I I don't I I think there's at, there's at least an expectation that they can match their also 53 goal output in the attack and maybe even surpass it. The Timbers scored 53 goals. They also drew something like eight or nine penalties. They were m- among the top in the league in drawing penalties, which is mostly luck. Uh, and so there's reason to think that that number from 22 22 may have been soft, but they also added Evander, so that's going to help. And so I don't doubt that the Timbers are going to, you know, meet or surpass their goal scoring output from 2022. But I mean, I, I, I think there's a flashing red light in, in how they're going to defend and whether they're going to defend. Uh, and 
if they are conceding more than those 53 goals, they're not going to be good. Like good teams don't concede that many goals. End of story. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so that, that to me is, is the overwhelming concern. I think in, you know, Tui Loma's trade though, to sort of touch back on this also has some ramifications for the attack. Bill Tui Loma had the best passing range on the team last year, maybe outside of W. Dajala, uh, who is also not going to be healthy for the first you know, month or two of the season uh, and and has his own uh, development yet to do. Uh, but Bill Tui Loma could hit a long ball better than anybody else on the team. And if they are going to be direct, that's a really nice attribute to have on your back line. And that's the one that they're going to miss. Uh, quite frankly, uh, if they're going to be a team that is going to look to play as direct as everything seems to be pointing toward them playing, right? Because it's not a team that sort of has the chops to be, you know, sort of going out and playing super proactively. So there's all of that. And then there's just the the father time concern with Diego Chara, who's going to be turning 37 here in a couple of months. You know, it ha- father time hasn't caught him yet. Uh, although, you know, I, I think it's reasonable to look at last season and to ask whether, you know, there was, there was sort of the beginnings of some steps back. He was still very good, though. Uh, but how long is that going to remain the case? And if time does catch up to Chara this year, then you're talking about a potentially catastrophic downside uh for this back six and so that's the concern and 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 that that's that's sort of as i look at the team as a whole i am baffled to be honest that this wasn't a an offseason in which they were more proactive to make the moves whatever moves needed to be made to make the moves to add some reinforcement to to that unit i i think I agree with you overall. I, I think to play devil's advocate on that front, um, and this is by no means referring to to the people making these moves like Ned Grabovoy as the devil, <laughs> but but in in the spirit of that phrase, um, you know, this is going to be a very long season. Like the the transfer windows are the same. Every everything is structured the same in terms of your abilities to make the moves, but the games are more spread out the there are more games and tournaments during which you can have a little bit of leeway a little bit of breathing room to to maybe not quite have your perfect and best roster and in some ways MLS is continuing to de-incentivize the importance of its regular season right this sucks for fans it it sucks for the product but if you're talking about putting together a team that can make an MLS cup run, you could argue this year is one where you've got more leeway than you've ever had to, to just kind of screw around for a while and put together your best team when it matters and get healthy when it matters and then just make a run, win a cup without, without even really needing to have a good regular season because there's going to be a lot of playoff teams. There's going to be three game series probably in the in the first round, which I personally think is ridiculous, but you know, that's a topic for another day, I guess. Um, 
at least when that becomes official, we can we can talk smack about it. <laughs> but that uh, good. we can table that. Yeah, we can table that. But I'll save some F's for that conversation. Yes, you can. Well, <laughs> F grades and then maybe off air some some F words. Uh, but uh, the the uh, the this season provides a lot of, of flexibility. I, I think more than any season past, and that's not to say that the Timbers are banking on that at all. I, I think that they know that the the demand for quality starts now, and and that they sh- should have had more productive of an off season. Um, but yeah, there there seems to be some level of flexibility there, and and I think the urgency exists to to solve those positions. This trade, I think, opens up much more f- financial flexibility for them to make those kind of moves. It's the mo- It feels in many ways like a move before a move, but not in the you know the way that people might be used to in the Twitterverse or if they follow like the NBA or whatever where the, a team makes a trade and then they've got this big trade exception and then boom the next day they've got this this superstar on their roster and he can play the next day soccer does not move at that pace it is very slow uh in terms of integration of players in terms of getting deals across the line negotiations between clubs around the world it's it's a snail's pace, but I, I think the urgency exists. My counter argument is the Timbers 2022 season. The Timbers didn't make the playoffs in 2022 and they finished a pretty disappointing eighth in the Western conference because they were terrible in the first three months of the season period. I mean, they, they put themselves behind such an eight ball uh, between March and June, that they needed to be awesome just, just to get up to the red line. And they ultimately weren't able to get there because they, they were awesome for a while, or at least they got awesome results for a while. And then they petered out just a little bit at the end of the season. But the thing that, that made 2022 a failure, and it was a failure, plain and simple. The thing that made 2022 a failure is how bad they were in the spring and how many points they dropped in the spring. And so I guess, I mean, maybe the Timbers are the least convincing possible team to make the, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, fudge around a little bit in the spring because they just in 2022 fudged around a little bit in the spring. And guess what? They found out. And, 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 you know, I mean, we can go back to our friend, Eric Williamson on, on Instagram. They had, had to be put, it, there was a nice little chart after that game. A little, a little different context, but yes. slightly different context, but nonetheless <laughs> applicable. Uh, they fudged around uh, early, early in the season last year. And then they found out in the fall. And so like, if you're going into 2023 saying, ah, yeah, we can fudge around a little bit uh, in, in, you know, February and March and April and, and May, it's all right. It doesn't matter that much. All right, great, cool. <laughs> Apparently, you weren't smart enough to actually find out last year. <laughs> so there's a good chance you're going to find out again this year. And and miss me, frankly, with the it's enough to get the eight seed conversation. Like, miss me with that. 
the 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 overwhelming possibilities, and this is going to be especially true uh, under the new format, is if you go into a three game series and once you're playing two games on the road against a two seed or a one seed, probably going to have a very short playoff experience, which is better than no playoff experience at all, I guess, but not a lot. And then you're risking just being a team that is, you know, a perennial eight seed. You're risking being the Blazers of MLS. And I don't think anybody feels great about that. I don't think those are the ambitions that the Timbers have had historically. And if those are their ambitions now, um, <laughs> combined with some of the other headwinds of their own creation, I, I think this is going to be a challenging period for this club. And so I, I, I mean, the, I, I, I just don't get it. Uh, I, I just don't get how the lesson of 2022 hasn't sunk in uh, to give them more urgency to be in a better position to compete from the jump. And, you know, that's that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, so, I you know, I, I think the counter argument is just the 2022 season. I understand definitely like the the reason for pessimism in general from people when when last season was so disappointing they they didn't make beyond evander many moves that that alleviated those any problems moves. any moves evander any moves right if it, they didn't make any moves beyond evander if anything the move from of uh, getting rid of tuiloma well it creates this flexibility in the long term and in the short term uh in the short term on the field it's it's not going to be good. It's going to make things more difficult, inevitably. Like it, that's that's not a an indictment of Zach McGraw or of of Dario Zuperich or Larry Smabial. Those those three guys are capable contributors. But you take away one of your contributors, who I think was a net positive when he was on the field. Inevitably, that is going to make things more difficult, right? And that's a position where they at right now can't afford much more difficulty because they're going to give up a lot of goals. Having said all that, I, I remain cautiously optimistic weirdly. And this is not me reacting in, in an overt way to this one preseason game that I saw or, or, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid from, from geo or net or anybody at the organization. This, this is just, you know, you, you look at them on paper and you you think about the other teams in the Western Conference, and, and this can maybe just be our jumpstart into, into predictions, right? I still think that despite that, the Timbers finish with the fourth or fifth best record in the Western Conference. Despite those challenges, after the dust settles, once the moves are made, which I think they will be made at some point in the first few months of the season, I think this is a top four team in the West. I on paper they've they've got Evander, who is one of, if not the best players in the conference. He in terms of just pure talent, right? He's a guy that the hype is real for him, and I think that. After some time, maybe even a full year of settling into MLS, he, he's a guy that can be a star. He could unlock the potential of other players. You're underwhelming at the striker position after last year, but 
with the potential of being unlocked by this. I think that Santiago Moreno is going to take a massive step this season into legitimate stardom in MLS. Everything I have seen from last year, everything I have heard from people internally is they're very excited about him. Jimmy Chara is one who benefits from a move to more of a winger role and can utilize his speed to be more of a playmaker in that sense, rather than getting caught in places he shouldn't be in the midfield in crowds. Um, Sebastian Blanco is not healthy. He is going to be back at some point in full, but we just do not know the knee issue really made him struggle last year. I mean, he literally couldn't play with his kids, couldn't go upstairs. So getting healthy for his own soccer sake and for his life is the priority right now, but he's a contributor off the bench that I think is a super sub type of guy going back through the midfield. Eric Williamson, when given his opportunities, when motivated is a legitimate talent as a switch between, you know, a a generic central midfielder and and a defensive midfielder next to Diego, who yes, aging. Yes potentially father time will catch up to him, but does father time have the straight line speed to catch up to Diego Chara? I don't know a human being that currently does at least in the MLS. Um, I'm excited about Eric and I am confident about Diego Chara continuing to be consistent. And I do have questions about the back line. Gen like generally very concerned. (laughs) <laughs> about the back line. Um, but when Bravo is healthy, I think he's one of, if not the best outside backs in MLS. I think that Juan Mosquera is going to surprise a lot of people and is very exciting. And the center back is the biggest question, but a young player in Zach McGraw, I'll, I'll go to bat for him. I, I think that he's going to step up. The question is what's going to happen with the veteran guys. So, so running through all those positions, thinking about, um, you know, what Gio Savarese has achieved in the past, save for last season, what he's been able to do with teams, where he's been able to take them, teams that, you know, in 2018 and in 2021 made it to MLS Cup and were in the much case better of, defensively than this one. Much better defensively than this team. Yes. But they they you could argue they were worse offensively, not having a player like Evander, not having um the, the potential weapons on the wing that they do now in players like Moreno. So so there's give and take. MLS is weird. There there's more parity, I think, than a lot of people like to talk about. I think LAFC is the undisputed best team in, in the West. But they're probably due for a step back. They're due losing for a Arango. serious step back, I think. Yeah, losing Arango, losing other players, and the rest of the league catching up in some ways, right? I don't know. I, I, I'm optimistic. I, I know that's, that's not your MO generally, and, and rightfully so. I think that you're an intelligent pessimist. <laughs> which uh which you should put in your twitter bio um but but uh i i generally feel somewhat optimistic i i 
you know, this is this is going to be a challenging season in stretches, especially I think at the start. But when everything settles at the end, I, I think the Timbers are a top four team in the West. I think that's the best realistic case scenario that you sort of just articulated, and 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 I mean realistic. You know, I think all of those things that you identified as as sort of reasons for upside, especially in the attack, are are you know reasonable and and possible. It's totally possible that Eric Williamson's just going to have a better twenty twenty three than he had a twenty twenty two. He had a frustrating twenty twenty two because of you know, injuries and, 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 and sort of inability to get on the field and stay on the field regularly and, uh, and some misalignment with, uh, with, with, with geo and all of that. Um, you know, it's, it's, he's a better player than the Timbers got out of him in 2022. And so it's totally reasonable to think that that's going to be an area of upside in 23. Um, I think it's, uh, it's, it's slightly harder for me to think that they're going to get a ton more out of Jimmy Chara or Yaroslav Nizhgoda than they have to date. Uh, I think, you know, Jimmy Char is just at a point in his career where you don't ordinarily have kind of breakout seasons. Uh, and he hasn't been a bad player for the Timbers, but he's sort of been pretty consistently an average MLS starter uh, at his position. And I'd be surprised if we saw anything super different from that. And with Nijgoda, I mean, I guess I'd just go to the point. He has definitely also had injury issues uh, since he's been with Portland, but he's been here three full seasons now. And he has not won in a full competition that starting striker job once. He first lost it to Jeremy Abobasi and Felipe Mora in 2020. Then when they moved Abobasi out to the wing, he lost it to Mora again in 2020. Uh, in uh, 2021, he he certainly had the injury issues, but even toward the end of the season when Nijgoto was back, Mora was the uncontested starter. In 2022, he was the starter by default for a while uh, as a result of Mora's injuries. Uh, and 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 Debobasi's trade to San Jose uh, in the middle of 2021, uh, but even then, uh, eventually he lost the starting job to Dairon Espria, who's not even a striker. And so I guess like I just get to the point where you know if you're if you're hoping for Nijgoda to some to to come good, uh, it strikes me as a wing and a prayer at this point because it just hasn't happened to date. And yes, he scored some goals. It's, I mean, frankly, it's not just the pure goal scoring output that, that bothers me. The usage numbers are abysmal. The work rate is abysmal. Those are near bottom of the league kinds of numbers that he has in, in those respects. And it's not like he's had and put himself in position to have a ton of chances. And so does giving him another chance creating weapon, put himself in a, put him in a position to score a bunch more goals. I'm just not sure he's in the spots to score a bunch more goals. And he's putting himself himself in those positions. It's not like he's been in dangerous positions and the Timbers just haven't been able to get him the ball. And this is sort of like what I look at when I look at the Evander move as a whole. I'm not sure the lack of chance creators on this roster was the huge problem in 22. I think Santi Moreno can create some chances. I I think Eric Williamson can create some chances. I think uh, in terms of a third chance creator, Jimmy Chara is probably not bad uh, in, in MLS terms. I'm I'm concerned that there were people there consistently to be on the end of those chances. I think the, the you know, we sort of had the old adage in 2022 of lots of good stuff from the Timbers, but not a lot of sort of, you know, to show for it, especially early in the season. Lots of good play. They got in lots of good positions and they didn't make anything of it unless Bill bailed him out. Uh, and and I think a lot of that goes to the deficiencies that the Timbers have clearly seen 
because they're trying to sign another guy in his position that they've clearly saved from Nishgoda. And so I, I, I think all of those are realistic best case scenarios. But as I look at this team and I look at the frailties in defense and, you know, I, I, I think Mosquera looks to be an overall hashtag upgrade from, uh, say Carlos von Ronquin in, in 2022, um, fairly low bar, but he may even be a significant upgrade, but it looks like most of that upside is going to be on the attacking side of the ball. Uh, the, the, the scouting report on, on Mosquera is not that he is a lockdown defensive right back. And when you have that plus injuries on injury issues coming into the season on the left side, plus a ton of I don't know if uncertainty is the right word because these guys have been here for a while, but just not a ton of upside in central defense. I think that's all pretty concerning. Uh, and, and so, you know, for me, the, the kind of middle of the spectrum in terms of what I expect to see from the Timbers is probably about seventh in the West. Uh, I, I think they're a team that could be better. I think if the, if the defense is even just league average, which is probably a close to a ceiling uh, as currently constituted. Maybe if they make an addition, it gets better than that. But if the defense is even league average, I could see the attack being really good and that being enough to put the Timbers up in the upper echelon of the West. So I think the ceiling is is there. It's about where you articulated. Uh, but I also think there's some downside. I, I think you could see a circumstance in which maybe Evander doesn't hit at the MVP or best 11 level that they're hoping he does immediately. That's totally common. It is totally common for guys to be to take a year to reach those levels. Even, you know, you can't talk to a, a, somebody in the Timbers front office about Evander for more than 10 seconds before they bring up Hani Mukhtar. Look, Hani Mukhtar in his, in his first year wasn't what he was last year, wasn't the MVP level player. And and if he is if Evander is not that and the Timbers attack is maybe just good, not great again uh, in, in terms of goal scoring output, you could see how how you know, seventh could turn into eighth, ninth, 10th, or 11th in the West as well. Um, So I think there's downside there. There is. And I I will say this, Ned has tempered expectations on Evander in certain respects. Obviously they, they think the world of him, they think he's going to be um, an elite level MLS player. But um, in, in terms of the expectation of him being a superstar world beater right away, um, that's not how, Geo's approaching it. That's not how Ned is approaching it. They know that there is a time period during which um, MLS players, or at least players that are coming into MLS, need to make that adjustment. Even the ones that have that star power type of ability. And and I can't remember if if Ned was saying that to us off air or uh, or during our interview. Uh, my brain is, as I've said before, uh, filled with fog right now. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's an important thing to note because, um, you know, you don't want to put too much pressure on, on Evander either. And I don't think he feels that. I think that that dude, you know, sitting down and talking to him for a feature story last week. Um, I I think he loves it. I I think he genuinely embraces the pressure. He's super even keeled, pretty soft spoken guy, not really like a, you know, emotionally up and down type of player. He he's a guy that takes everything in stride and and has the mental capacity to to I think thrive for this team. So, you know, it's it's 
yeah, it's it's important to note, I guess, that, that the expectations are relatively tempered for Evander. Yeah, but you know, I mean, if he's not that best eleven guy, I think it's harder to see how this is, you know, it, an elite sixty plus goal attack. And if they're not an elite sixty plus goal attack, is this a team that's better than a team that could just dance with the red line? I don't think it. I don't think it is because I don't think they're good enough defensively to score 50 goals and still be, you know, a top four team in the West. Where is the red line anymore though? I mean, is there, is there yeah. even, I mean, there's going to be so many about teams where the Timbers finished last year, right? It's probably somewhere, you know, in most years in the mid 40 points. Yeah. Oh, um, and, and, you know, great. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you're a 44 point team, Yahoo. That is just making the playoffs is not a win. Just making the playoffs is not a good season. Uh, and, and I think teams do themselves a disservice when they act like making the playoffs is some sort of a shibboleth of, uh, of a good year. It's just not, uh, you need to, you need to aim quite a bit higher than that because ain't no trophies for getting eighth. Uh, and if you get eighth, they're probably, you know, that, that, as we said, that ain't shoot. I was waiting for it. I, yeah, I was yeah, going to, yeah. I was literally about to say that ain't shoot. It ain't shoot. But we fit it in right here, uh, towards the end. Um, any additional parting thoughts, any, any reasons for optimism on your end about, about this team as, as we, um, as we wrap up our, our season preview. Here. I think there are lots of reasons to be optimistic about the attack. If Evander is, is really good and they, you know, they paid 10 million bucks for him. So they're banking on him being really good. Um, even if he's not sort of at his full level yet, and he's still very good. I think there's lots of reason to think that the Timbers could score a good number of goals this year. And if they can, and, and they can just be competent defensively. I, I think your, your vision of being a top four team in the West is is within reach. Uh, you know, there there are certainly folks around the league uh, who have sort of made similar predictions. And so I don't I, I genuinely don't think that's irrational at all. I just think that that, you know, that's that's a best realistic case scenario. Uh, and when you're talking about a season as a whole, you're probably gonna have some more injury issues than that. You're probably gonna have more underperformances <laughs> than, than, than that. And I, I think there's real downside. So yeah, I mean, it, it, reasons for optimism, I do think are there. And, and I'm not saying that folks shouldn't even tune into this Timbers team because they're, they're destined to be bottom of the table. I don't think that at all. Uh, but I just think with a more aggressive off season and by getting more of the business done that they needed to de- get done over the course of this four month off season, they would have put themselves in a better position to have sort of more of the expected range of possibilities for this team be above the red line and comfortably above the red line rather than, you know, uh, a team that I think probably has a pretty wide range of expectations, but pretty evenly distributed around that seven, eight seed. Season opener is right around the corner, folks. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, at least for me and and for people who I guess may have been potentially excited to to read my tweets or read my story, I will not be there. Uh, I am going on a vacation beginning on Saturday, 
to Italy for two weeks, so I will be uh, indulging, at, at least hopefully able to taste and smell yeah, the that's in, in the delicious food uh, and and ambiance of of that wonderful country. Uh, run from the north down into Rome, uh, hitting a bunch of great cities along the way with myself and my girlfriend Emma. So that will be a great trip. Uh, sad though that I will not be there for uh, Sporting KC versus the Timbers on February 25th. That game's at 7:30 p.m. on Apple TV app. Uh, that's one of the free ones. So if you don't have a subscription yet to uh, MLS season pass, you can watch that one on the app without it. Regular uh, Apple TV. Yeah. Right. Regular Apple TV app. So um, anybody interested can check that out. And then if you like what you see, obviously there's additional content that you can get. This is not an advertisement. This is just, you know, an opportunity for you to, to check out what they uh, what they got to offer there. A lot of the games this year, though, are going to be exclusive through MLS Season Pass. So um, more info on OregonLive.com on how to potentially sign up for that. Um, keep an eye out for coverage, obviously, leading up to, to that game. Uh, we'll see about potential podcasts with Mr. Reifer and maybe a, a different host uh, <laughs> alongside him than myself uh, in the week leading up to and, and potentially after uh, that opener. Uh, second game, obviously, against uh, LAFC. That's on the road March 4th. Won't be here for that either. So, um, you know content to come but not for me so very dangerous to give me the keys to the kingdom while you're away that's absolutely I, I would consider that <laughs> i'm gonna come back and it's gonna be just a completely rebranded podcast with like you know these weird like innocuous segments and just i i'm just gonna have no control it's just gonna be me and like bill or like doing puns the entire time it's gonna be <laughs> amazing it's gonna be incredible oh yeah i'm sure i'm sure at least a couple people would love that um <laughs> and the couple people are me and bill and that's it <laughs> <laughs> that is the end oh absolutely terrifying prospect but uh thanks to everybody for listening thanks again to uh to giovanni savarese for sitting down with me when we were in palm springs uh, thank you to PTFC for setting up uh, the several interviews we've had over the last couple of weeks uh, with with various people uh, in, in varying positions for the Timbers and Thorns. Uh, and speaking to the Thorns, obviously, uh, when I get back and, and when their season gets closer, we will have comprehensive coverage of, of the Thorns season as we lead into that, uh, both written and in podcast form. So keep an eye out there. Follow us on Twitter at Soccer Made in PDX. Uh, like us, subscribe to us, rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, we will see you around the bend.